0: Welcome to season two of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. In this podcast, we chat with athletes, coaches, and industry professionals at all levels of sport about the benefits that being involved in sport has provided them outside of just the performance side of things. I'm your host, Fiona. I've always wanted to delve deeper into the physical, social, and mental benefits being involved in sport has provided people. This is a completely independent podcast that has been created to share the journey and lessons of top level sporting professionals, but also your everyday lover of sport. If you like this podcast, I'd really appreciate if you could leave a review and share it with someone who you think would also enjoy it. Make sure you hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow on Spotify so you don't miss the release of each new episode. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. Let's get into today's episode. I have the pleasure of being joined by this week's guest, Australian cyclist, Brianna Hargrave. Brianna started off in ballet and athletics as a junior and at 19 gave up ballet to focus on athletics, a national level competitor in athletics in the heptathlon, but Brie wanted more out of herself. She wanted to represent her country. So at the age of 28, with some AIS testing, Brie transitioned to track cycling. During her time sprinting on the track, Brie went to the 2014 Commonwealth Games and won a bronze medal. Brie is a four-time Australian champion on the track and has lately been making her mark on the road. Bree's determination shines through in this chat and is such an inspiring story to keep chasing your goals. Let's get into today's episode. So today we have Brianna Hargrave with us. Can I call
1: you Bree? Yeah, Bree's what most people refer me as, so yeah, that's fine. (laughs) How are you going today, Bree? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm
0: very, very well. Thank you so, so much for joining us. It really means a lot. Now, you are a cyclist. Can you tell us a little bit about your sport and how you got into it?
1: At the moment, I'm both a track and road cyclist. Um, I transferred over from athletics. I used to do the heptathlon and um, did a bit of a talent transfer of the AIS pretty late in life when I was 28. Um, I just thought I'd exhausted all the avenues of athletics and yeah, I still really had my goal of representing Australia, so thought I'd better give give it a shot. And, yeah, I got put into the track sprint program. So I did that for a couple of years and I went to the Comm Games as a tandem pilot um, in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, yeah, I was struggling a bit with the old getting too old thing and, um actually lost my track sprint scholarship with the institute, so transferred to endurance and that track endurance, and that went really well. So, yeah, I ended up getting back into the Sassy program in track endurance um, and then recently transferred over to the road. And now I'm back into a bit of track sprinting after I've had a few good results in the sprint. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a circle, but, um, yeah, I enjoy it all the same, yeah.
0: Oh, wow. And delving back to your first sporting years, so did you do athletics as a junior and just continued that through your 20s?
1: As, as a real junior, I actually was doing ballet. My mum got me into ballet and I, I enjoyed ballet too, but I always just really wanted to do athletics because one of my best mates was doing that. Um, and I didn't really get serious at it until I was uh, probably high school. I started doing some training after school and that, and I was doing that and ballet until I was about nineteen, and then I gave ballet away and just focused on focused on the athletics. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like I was super passionate about athletics. That's all I wanted to do.
0: Oh wow! And the heptathlon. I'm not super involved in the athletics world, but my sister in law is Brooke Stratton, so um oh, that's so a long jumper. Yeah, yeah. That's really
1: tough. We're, we're marrying the brothers. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, she probably doesn't know me, but I used to train with Chelsea Yench she, Oh, she's yes. A long jumper. Yeah, we're good friends. So Brooke's an amazing athlete. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, so she's yeah. in long jump and long jump's one of the events in heptathlon.
1: That's right, yeah. So there's hurdles, and- high jump, javelin, 200, long jump, shot put and 800. Oh, my
0: gosh. They're
1: all so different. Yeah, over two days. I I haven't got the order of them right. I've forgotten it's been that long. But, um, yeah, I think I I used to do the high jump. That was my favourite event. And then I was okay at the 800, but I was never, like, good enough to just focus on one thing, and I was quite short for a high jumper. So Mm -hmm. I just became a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, I guess. Yeah, it was fun. Training was so fun because... One day you're doing high jump and long jump the next day and then you're throwing and you always got to stay really fit. So I think, in you know, it helped help develop a good basis for all sorts of sports. But, yeah, I loved it. I just loved being out on the track. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could imagine you having to – yeah, you'd be
0: all over the place but it'd be so good because you'd never get bored. Never get bored, that's right. Everything's
1: different. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so then you've obviously – made the transition to the track cycling and then Mm -hmm. how far is the track cycling how short are the events
1: um so the sprint cycling so there's the three sort of main events are the 500 meters which is two laps of the velodrome Mm -hmm. um, from a standing start and then there's um the match sprint which is like you do a flying one lap or flying 200 to qualify you and then it's like a round robin I don't know if you've seen, like, the cat and mouse sort of race, sort of what Anna Mears would have raced. Okay. Um, and then the third race is the Kirin. So that's uh, six laps, three laps behind the motorbike to build the speed up, and that's mm-hmm. with six, ride, six or eight riders. And then the motorbike pulls off and then there's three laps to go. So, And then apart from that is the team sprint. So they're the four te- the four sprint events on the track cycling. Yeah.
0: Okay, wow. So they're, they're all kind of
1: different as well. Yeah. yeah, they're kind of different, but they're usually, you know, sort of over in like under a minute. <laughs> you know, it's quite, quite short, sharp, powerful stuff. But I think the main difference between cycling and running, so I, I was never really a pure run, uh, sprinter as a runner, but I think the main difference is with the cycling gearing it becomes important, so you can be fast because you've got good power to weight
0: mm-hmm. on a big
1: gear, rather than just being out to turn your legs over fast like a sprinter would on the track, for example, running. Yeah. yeah so it, it means I think if you're strong, you can still be fast, even if you're not full fast twitch fibres. I think. Anyway, that's what about I've wattage out. pushing out those watts. Yeah. Watts and a bit of power to weight comes into play, I think, on the bike more so than probably just pure sprinting in athletics. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. And then you've gone, and I liken this to, because I was a swimmer, to going from the pool to the open water. You've gone from the track to the road. How did you find that?
1: Um, I guess I kind of, the doors were sort of shutting a little bit on the track in, you know, I, I lost my Sassy scholarship. Being older is, you know, always harder to, keep getting your scholarship. So um, the doors were closing and I was still not finished with my sport. So, yeah, I just started thinking, okay, well, you know, at least on the road I can train as much as I like. And I think I rode a few years ago in the Tour Down Under and met someone through that and then I got into a Japanese road team. So last year I did some of the Asian UCI races, which were really cool. Um, So, yeah, I was just trying to keep my – career going maybe <laughs> I wasn't finished yet
0: yeah no yeah. that's
1: amazing I, I really like
0: that and I'm yeah. only 25 but I definitely like saw in swimming the girls are usually about 16 17 when they peak and if they haven't peaked yeah. yet and gotten to that level then they usually drop off and I was one of the last ones that were yeah. not at that level holding on and yeah you, you do yeah. kind of Feel, feel it a little bit so I can see where yeah. you're coming from. But it's good that you didn't give it up because I did.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think like because I didn't start uh, cycling till I was a lot, late, lot older, I just felt like I hadn't exhausted all my you know avenues and I was still improving. I think when you're still improving, it's very hard to just let it go. Mm. Um, I guess with athletics, I've got to a point where I just was plateauing. So if that was a little bit easier to make the transfer, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah no, that's that's really good stuff. I like that you're still going. Um, so you can either say athletics or cycling, but was there a specific moment that you knew you were passionate about it?
1: Um, yes. When, when I thought about that question, um, it's funny, like I think it – I don't know. I think I was born passionate about sport, like, ever since I was. My earliest memories are at primary school sports days, like, just being, like, super competitive and getting upset if I didn't win. And I think, yeah, those days. My best friend at the time was actually really good at athletic and I always came second to her. And I think that made me, like, really hungry to win and get better. And, yeah, I've been passionate about sport probably ever since that age, yeah. used to yeah, drive
0: I my know. parents crazy. <laughs> oh, was it the topic at the dinner table?
1: Oh, I think I, my mum used to just be like, you know, you're not going to win everything because if I didn't win something, whether it be that could have been something academic or, or a race at school, I'd get really grumpy and she'd be like, you know, you just got to learn you're not going to win everything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they were pretty good with like getting me to watch the Olympics and that sort of thing and I do remember being quite young and watching the Olympics and just being like yeah that's that's what I want to do you know wow
0: yeah who who was it if you were thinking athletics wise who was it that
1: you really looked up to um oh there were lots of people um I mean in cycling probably like Oh, Chris Hoy, he's uh, not Australian, but um, one of the track sprinters. Oh, there's been so many. In athletics, Cathy Freeman. Yeah, she was she was probably really inspiring to me. I met her when I was quite young and, yeah, I just remember, you know, in the Olympics her her winning the 400 and, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment because I remember the amount of pressure that was on her to win that event was pretty pretty high and, and she still pulled through, so yeah, I'd say probably Cathy Freeman in my younger years, definitely. Yeah. yeah,
0: And then you've you've grown up and you've represented Australia yourself, so that's incredible that you know you had that dream as a kid and now you're you're doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah going to the Com Games was certainly like a highlight for me, but yeah, my my goal still is to um, represent Australia even further. Um, I was on the tandem when I did that, and I've been, you know, so close to be able to do it um, as an individual athlete. Sort of what my next goal is, and yeah, still hoping I can achieve that, even though I'm (laughs) pretty old in terms of cycling. Yeah, no, that's right. (laughs) You still got time. uh, Still got time. That's right. (laughs)
0: That's what I'm here to prove. Is there, other than you've mentioned the Com Games, but is there any significant milestones, either wins, losses or injuries along your sporting journey?
1: Oh, look, like really early days, I remember forever as a younger athlete just being like really keen to make the state team in athletics. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do remember like how stoked I was when I actually made my first state team and got to represent South Australia and like I was super proud of that. Probably another big moment was after I lost my sassy scholarship first time and I kept training and went to the next nationals and managed to win two national titles um wow like I remember you know fighting back the tears after after that one just knowing that I still could come out and do that and yeah this year I had some pretty special moments I had a really good year actually on the road I won the state road champs in a pretty good field and then a couple of good track events in front of my family and yeah it's always special to get a good win when the people that support you are are there cheering you on
0: yeah yeah and how did you go obviously we had a particularly interesting 2020 being COVID um how'd you go in terms of being able to train
1: it actually ended up being pretty good for me I think as an endurance I was mainly sort of focusing on the endurance side of things last year at the start of the year. And I don't know if you've heard of Zwift. Your partner might um, be using Zwift, yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) I I was stuck into Zwift and it got me really, really fit. I had a really good year actually. Um, And I think probably because I'm not like a full professional athlete, for me, you know, the lockdown meant maybe less work for a while and that meant more more time to train. <laughs> so, yeah, for me it was great. I mean, obviously we didn't get as many of the racing opportunities. We missed nearly the whole um, NRS calendar. And then getting to track nationals this or last year was a real mission. Like I had to, the borders were closed at that stage from South Australia to Brisbane. So I had to make a decision and that was that I had to go to New South Wales for 14 days and then crossed the border. Mm. So, yeah, I left everything at, at work and, and we did that and it, and it was worth it in the end. So that, that went really well. But, um, yeah, apart from that, like, yeah, I think it's been a good year anyway for me. I've been really lucky compared to a lot of other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The NRS is the National Road Series. And did that go on Zwift? I heard something
1: about that being yeah, transferred yeah. over. Yep, it it did. So we had, I think it was about six races on Zwift and it was good. It was good that they could create something so competitive um, that you could do, you know, in your own lounge room. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was great. It was, yeah, very different. And um, I think think most people really appreciated, you know, Cycling Australia making some changes that enabled some sort of racing to go ahead, yeah
0: yeah and even being able to connect I know my partner has a friend in France and they do like messenger phone calls while they ride together on Zwift and like yeah. things like that it's the you know it's the next level zoom workouts is there yeah they're
1: oh, yeah right isn't it like um, I have a couple of friends overseas as well and um, the Japanese road team yeah they, they've been doing a bit on Zwift as well so yeah, it's great like that, how you can connect with the whole world. Like Last year I joined Aero, which is um, the Australian e-racing team. And, you yeah, know, we did a couple of, like they had a couple of pro races where you're racing the pros on the other side of the world. The only problem with that was one of them we had to get up at, oh, I was getting up at 2.30 in the morning to do a race on Zwift. Oh. That was pretty hard. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the only problem with Zwift racing. <laughs> it's the times that you have to get up (laughs) they'll improve that next year hopefully fingers
0: crossed (laughs) so you've mentioned work what do you do for
1: work um so I run a physio business active edge physiotherapy and massage in Norwood so yeah I'm a physio and I've been doing that I graduated in 2006 so for a while now um I've had the business for 10 years and Probably the number one benefit of it is being able to manage my time so that I can train. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I get to – I train basically in the mornings and then I work from about 12 to 7, four days a week. And, yeah, I'm very lucky that I can do that. And then if I need to go away racing, I can too. Yeah, it's a good job. Yeah, that's awesome. Be
0: your own boss.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think it's the only way I could do what I do. Otherwise, I would upset the boss too much.
0: (laughs) What made you want to be a physio?
1: Was it that involvement in sport? Um, Yeah, I think probably from a young age, just being interested in muscles and joints and all that sort of thing. Um, And obviously, being around sport a lot, like, you know, you learn about injuries. And I like the rewarding aspect of getting people back to, their competition and yeah i love working with kids and helping them with growing pains and playing lots of sport that's probably my ideal sort of patient (laughs) um but yeah it's it's a good job it's rewarding for sure
0: Mm, and you probably get to meet all different people and help them get back to what they
1: want to do yeah that's that's the best part of it i think um when people can yeah get over an injury and and get back on track yep
0: What are the benefits sport has provided you as an individual that's transferred
1: over to other avenues of your life? Probably the main thing is like being, (laughs) trying to be pretty organised. Yeah, time management is super important. You know, if you're going to try and fit in like four hours of training and then go to work, it's if you're not good with your time, then you won't get everything done goal setting I think goal setting is huge I ever since I've been a kid I've had the list of goals stuck next to my bed and you know I see every day and I think that transfers to the business you know Mm -hmm. I've got goals for the business too I think like nutrition I've learned a lot through my sport about health and nutrition which is helpful for everyone in the rest of their life and um and probably teamwork and communication as well I think they're definitely skills that can cross over yeah sport can teach you so much for sure
0: yeah 100 you've been lucky enough to be involved in I guess you can call it three different sports even though there's more subsections in there but that's yeah
1: they're, they're awesome lessons yeah yeah <laughs> I think they're good for the rest of your life for sure
0: yeah so you've mentioned the benefits is there any extra lessons you've learned along the way that you want to share
1: Probably the biggest lesson I've learned—I've always sort of been fighting the whole, like you know, being a lot older than the athletes that are getting considered for selection for events and stuff—and um, so I haven't always sort of come through the actual system that the mm-hmm. normal way that people get into a sport quite young, um, you know, through the institutes and and that sort of thing. So I guess one thing I have learned is that you know, if you're determined and persistent and stuff that there's more ways than one to skin a cat I guess you do spend a lot of time trying to figure that out you know and it's and it's challenging but yeah being persistent like I've had to sometimes look elsewhere for coaching advice sponsorship that sort of thing um but yeah I've been super lucky I've had you know a handful of sponsors um Australian Muscle Anytime Fitness Vi13, GKA Sports Store and Revy's Energy they've all supported me like you know for ages and without that I don't think I would be able to get to the level that I have. Yeah it's taught me that even though there's a process usually to get where you are if if that's not working it's worth looking at other ways to achieve your goal you know before you give up. Yeah. So yeah that's been an important lesson for me definitely.
0: Yeah, and I guess that one crosses over to all sports and all different areas in life. Like if you've hit that roadblock, don't just stop yeah. and turn around.
1: Find another yeah. path. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's more roads than just the one. Yeah. yeah. And the um,
0: the main road might be a bit more boring than the off-track four-wheel driving roads. <laughs>
1: A hundred percent. That's right. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. You might take a longer way to get there, but yeah. I think that's that's probably a big lesson I've learned for sure.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely a good one. I like that. So have you been involved in a project where sport has been used as a tool to develop the community?
1: Yeah, this is a good question. I I wouldn't say in a project as such, it did remind me of when I was a little bit younger. Um I had the opportunity to live in Fiji when I was, oh, it would have been like 14, 13, 14. Um, and I went to a Fijian school there for six months. And at that school, every single student um, was required to stay after school every day for athletics training. And yeah, I think um, what that did for that community was huge. Like, a, you know, for health and just, bringing people together, the whole school was known as like the athletic school and they were super successful. And, yeah, I think that was probably an example of where sport's been, you know, super helpful for a community definitely.
0: Yeah, and I think people are starting to see sport as that tool as well. It's not just a fun activity. It can be a tool to help people. I think it's AFL. They're doing some kind of, I don't have it off the top of my head now, but they do some kind of like social football program that helps get, I think it's disadvantaged kids off the streets. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? I think, um, you know, yeah, if they can keep doing those sorts of things, like AFL's got so much power, it's so popular and, yeah, I'd like to be involved with something like that, definitely.
0: Yeah. have you just popped your hand up to
1: develop a cycling one? <laughs> uh, yes, when in in my free time, that's a good idea. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot of, um, I've done a couple of rides. Oh, we did a ride um, a couple of years back, I think it's the Ronald McDonald ride for, like, childhood cancer. We um, yeah. participated in that, didn't do the full ride, but there are quite a few things. Um, sort of community cycling events like that um, hmm. that occur sure. so yeah it's definitely something that maybe in my later years <laughs> I'll get a bit more into yeah
0: once you've sure. retired your athletic <laughs> ambitions
1: <Yeah>. that's right <laughs>
0: no I, I, I like that and I think
1: MS also do some kind of ride uh, yeah, I think so too. There's there's quite a few organisations. I think the good thing about cycling is um, like with the kits and stuff, you know, mm. you're able to publicise a lot on that. So, yeah, that, that definitely helps with those sort of community rides. They can get a bit of awareness out there and that, that's a good idea. Yeah.
0: yeah. You can say this broadly, I guess, or you can say it's cycling specific, but where do you see the future of sport?
1: Yeah, this is a good question. I I think like lately I've really noticed a huge um, emphasis um, in sport through like all well, things changing through social media, and I think that this has positives and negatives. I think with cycling, it's really great for sponsorship, and you know you, you can really get a company or a brand out there through. Social media using like the athletics or the athletes profiles and that sort of thing. I think that's great. I think sometimes it's sometimes you see people maybe getting more opportunities because their social media is better than others, and Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the side that I don't necessarily love. I'd like to think that you know for young kids coming through a sport. It doesn't matter about their social media profile, whether or not they um, progress to the next level in a certain sport. So I hope that in the future for those young kids, it's more based on actual results and objective measures rather than, yeah, your social media presence. So How
0: many followers you have.
1: Yeah. So I hope, yeah, that that doesn't become something that overtakes, you know, your normal selection selection policy and and that sort of thing but yeah it's a it's a fine line I think because there's definitely lots of good things about social media and yeah we just have to be really good at working out that you know what what's real and what's not as well you know but yeah I think that's going to be huge in the future um I think the other thing that's probably been good in the last 10 years is the change in women's sport like there's been you know, some really good developments, women's AFL and the Women's Cricket League and women's soccer. It's been really great to see how far that's progressed now and I hope that continues. Yeah, and even women's cycling, I feel like there's definitely a bigger presence now, which is, yeah, really great. I think we're lucky as female athletes, like particularly in cycling, that we're able to train alongside the men who have so much higher power outputs and that sort of thing so we're constantly getting pushed to be at another level if you know what I mean and they don't really have like a crazy level above them to train with so I think we're super lucky as female athletes to train alongside the men and and that's in all sports you know. I really like that perspective of
0: you know female athletes training alongside the men because like I mentioned I was one of the older female swimmers when I yeah. was swimming in my little club and yeah. so I had to train with the boys because there was yeah. no girls my age and I, that made me faster than them so they were all yeah. at the same level and I was down here but I had to yeah. try hard and I got pushed and they didn't yeah I
1: think it's fantastic and then you know if you can train like that and then you might come back and race just the females then yeah you can notice the difference for sure I think yeah we're really lucky like that and in Adelaide in cycling, in particular, the, there's some excellent cyclists here all around. So we're we're pretty lucky with the people that we can train with. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's amazing. And so you've mentioned your ambitions to make a Australian team individually. Yeah. So yeah. is that are you thinking like World Champs or Com Games or are you shooting for the Olympics?
1: Yeah, um, obviously, Olympics is the is the dream. <laughs> Short term, I would absolutely love to to make the next Com Games. The women's team sprint is going to three people, and yeah, being sort of a bit of an endurance athlete and a sprinter, I think yeah, I'd be hoping to get a look in for the um, the third person in the women's team sprint. Yeah, so that's probably my next goal, and see how we go with that.
0: <laughs> so yeah. when when is the next Com Games? We're about a year and a half away.
1: Yeah. So 2022. So yeah, not that far. You know, there could be some world champs or world cups before then. And I think we've got track nationals and Oceanas coming up in the next couple of months. So yeah, I think that'll um, be another opportunity to put some good times down and, and yeah, see how I go. Yes. Exciting times ahead. Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. And, I'm sure we all wish you the very, very best on the pursuit to the 2022 Com Games and
1: then the hopefully the 2024 Olympics. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me on. I feel very honoured to be on your show. <laughs> oh, no worries.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone that you think would also like it. If you want to find out more, you can find us at Beyond Sport with Fiona Stewart on both Facebook and Instagram. Until next time.